Hey everyone, in this episode, I want to talk about why what we think is real may not be as real as we really think it is. You're listening to Onward in the Faith with Ray Burns. Ray is dedicated to equipping Christians to understand why they believe what they believe so that they can keep moving onward in their faith toward maturity in Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And make sure you visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. Now here's Ray with today's topic. Welcome everyone to the year 2021, the year that was supposed to be so much better and have so much more hope for us than the year 2020. Uh, We made it five days, so that was a nice little break, I suppose, but once again, we are ultimately just reminded that we live in a broken world that is in desperate need of Jesus Christ above all else. I want to do something a little different with the podcast this week. Um, Instead of just kind of rehashing articles that I've written on my blog, I'm actually going to start with some episodes and then maybe transition them into text for the blog. I had considered just doing kind of a super episode where I just talk about all the things going on in the world right now, but instead what I think I'm going to do is release this episode followed by a few more where I try to give a perspective and maybe some biblical wisdom on some of the specific events that have happened over the past few days. And the reason that I wanted to start with this episode is because it is going to be really foundational both for the episode's that are coming, as well as just giving some insight into how I think and why I'm going to say some of the things that I'm going to say. Because if you've followed my blog or this podcast long enough, it probably becomes apparent that I don't just take one side or the other. I try to see what truth exists in what's really happening rather than taking the Democrat side or taking the Republican side. And I don't necessarily do that on purpose. And, you know, because of it, I've been called a liberal Democrat by some and a, you know, legalistic conservative Republican by others. But I hope that you follow this ministry because you can appreciate that my greatest desire is to apply biblical wisdom and give a biblical worldview for understanding life, what's happening in it, and really digging into the timeless truths of God's word. And so today what we're going to be talking about is how what we think is true and how that influences our lives and our beliefs can actually diminish our ability to understand what is actually true. And what I'm really going to dig into is maybe a bit more philosophical, but as you'll see, it is trying to come from a biblical worldview, one that is where my mind and my beliefs are founded on God's word and what he says, and then from that, understanding things that may not necessarily be covered one-to-one in the Bible. And so what we're going to be really tackling today is how truth is often more about perspective than one side being more right than the other. And I want to really tackle how we often give too much weight or too much authority to one particular news source or one particular political party or belief system. And because of that, we will sometimes lessen or completely abandon our ability to think critically and to think well, and instead just adopt something as truth simply because of who said it. So let's get specific here and talk about the news. Now, oftentimes when we think of the news, we will have a handful of sources that we want to go to. And More likely than not, if you are someone who follows the news, a lot of where you get your perspective often runs in the same direction, and they often agree with one another. So if you are more of a liberal or Democrat-leaning, you're going to have a few websites or podcasts or channels that you follow. Likewise, if you lean conservative or Republican, you're going to have very specific places that you go for news. You're going to have certain articles that you're more likely to share, or you're going to have talking points that you often pull from conservative or Republican news sources. And in a way, that makes sense for us to do, because if we are conservative, we're going to want to get truth from people who agree with us, people who are going to be moving in the same direction as us. 
But what we may not realize or what we perhaps take for granted is that the news, no matter where we get it, is not about reporting what is true. Instead, it's about reporting what the audience wants to believe or wants to hear. So if people think back to kind of the golden age of the news with people like Walter Cronkite, it's before my time, but I often hear it spoken about that, you know, the news has really changed because back then it was simply reporting what happened. Here are the facts. Here is what we see. And that's just all it is. But the news today is not like that anymore. And perhaps for people in my audience who grew up in that era, you may not have even seen the switch so much, but the news simply isn't about facts. The news is about interpreting events and giving it a certain narrative that is in line with a particular worldview. So in a way, we can think about it as the news is going the way of reality TV. So if you've ever watched anything like Survivor or Big Brother from back in the day or The Bachelor, you know, whatever reality TV show is popular or that you have experienced in your past, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You have events that are happening on screen, but based on camera angles, based on how certain footage is cut and edited together, based on what they choose to show and especially what they choose not to show, you're seeing people doing things. You're seeing events take place, but how you experience it is based on what other people want you to experience. So they want you to root for someone or villainize another person. They want you to see something really exciting or maybe hide something that would be either less entertaining or maybe even undercut what it is they're wanting you to see. And so just like reality TV is manufactured and doctored, the news is similar in that it's created with a particular audience in mind. So if you have a show like Big Brother or Real World from back in the day, your audience was primarily people who thrived on drama. And if you've ever heard stories from people who would actually work in the reality TV industry, they will often say that one of their primary goals was not to let people be normal, but instead to constantly stir up trouble. And so because they knew their audience wanted to see people angry and fight and backstab each other, they would create situations where that would happen. And they would highlight that more than the times when people were hanging out and just having kind of a basic conversation, acting like normal human beings. And why do that? Well, it's not because people are evil or wicked. It's because everything that we consume is based on a commercial business. So whether it's reality TV or the news, they need to create and produce what is going to sell. And something like Fox News or CNN isn't trying to give a perspective that can let the other side look good. Instead, they're going to create things that their people, people within their political spectrum, are going to want to see. Not because it's necessarily true, but because it's what's expected. You know, if you watch the news, you cannot find a left-leaning news station giving a positive light to President Trump or people in the conservative camp. And at the exact same time, you're not going to find people in conservative news outlets making democratic or liberal policies look good. There has to be some contention. There has to be some drama. We have to tell the other side that they are wrong and we are right because that is what sells. And so, you know, these these divisive worldviews are pushed forward, not because they're evil and trying to manipulate the masses, but simply because they have to run a business. They have to keep the lights on. They have to pay their people. And so everything that we consume from any news source, even those who claim that they are fair and balanced, it's always going to come with a slant in mind. There's always something they're going to say or not say because of their target audience, because of the worldview that they are expected to put forth. And that is important to understand because what I really want to talk about is something that I'm already seeing is a glaring problem with how a lot of people are understanding and interpreting and talking about the events that have taken place over the last week or so. And that is that we think that 
we truly understand reality. We understand the absolute truth of a matter. And so we talk about it as though we really know what's going on and have a hold of it. And so what I want to talk about isn't just bashing the news, but what reality is in our lives and how we understand it and how our limited understanding and our limited exposure to truth might make it almost impossible for us to truly understand things that are happening and understand them in a good and concrete way. So before we go on, I want to talk about what I mean by you know, understanding our realities or even defining our realities, because reality can be kind of a loaded term. And when I was writing down my notes for this episode, I had a hard time coming up with something better than reality, but I would always kind of shudder as I wrote the word reality because... Maybe it's just based on my own experience, but when I think of, you know, shaping our realities or creating our realities, my mind immediately goes to the word of faith movement, this idea that what you speak becomes real or, you know, kind of a postmodern perspective of, you know, truth and reality are all subjective. They're all relative. What is true for you may not be true for me, but that doesn't make it any less true. And that's not what I'm talking about. When I say reality, I mean how we understand the world, what we believe to be true. Because the reality is that we aren't God where we have an absolute understanding of what people are thinking and why they're doing what we're doing. All we can see is what happens and then trying to understand it. We're trying to use information that we have to act and think in this world that we live in. And so when I say reality, what I mean is what we believe to be true based on information we have, based on logical conclusions that we might be making because of our worldview, our perspective, and our belief systems. So that being said, as people are listening to the news, reading articles, talking with the others, and just trying to understand what's going on, it's important that we realize that, first of all, understanding truth is not something that just comes naturally to us. And by that, I mean everything we know, everything we believe, everything we do is based on our experience and how we interpret the world based on that experience. You know, there's an old saying that there's three sides to every story. There's yours, mine, and the truth. And, you know, we all know that, but that really speaks a lot to what I'm talking about in that what we believe is really happening, what we believe is true, who we think the enemy is might be right. We could be correct, but oftentimes the degrees that we understand it are based simply on what we've been exposed to in the past, what our worldview is, and how that acts as a filter to interpret what's happening before us. I have an episode where I've talked about what a worldview really is, and a worldview acts like a filter. It rejects bad things and lets through things that we think are safe and acceptable to influence our belief systems. And none of us uses a flawless filter to create our own worldview. You know, if we are reading a news article, for example, and it makes us kind of raise our eyebrows and it says some things that we may be disagreeing with, the first thing we're going to do is check who the news article came from. If it's from a source that we don't like or don't trust, we will immediately dismiss it and say, oh, I don't need to think about it because it came from this website and they lean this way politically. You know, And we'll do that with biblical things, too. We will hear someone say something and based on who they are and what their beliefs are, we will either give it a little more time or we will immediately reject it without engaging with it. And to a degree, we have to do that. If, if we know that someone is hands down coming from a broken or flawed worldview, if their kind of foundational truths are already wrong, then it's oftentimes going to be safe to reject them. But again, what we're doing is we are allowing in things to shape us, to mold us, and to give us truth because we trust them, because they come from a source that we are already prone to agree with. And so let me give kind of an example of what I mean by we can only believe things based on what we've experienced, or we can only interpret them based on what we already know to be true. So if you have someone who is colorblind, they can live their entire lives never knowing that they're colorblind. So for example, if you have someone who can't see green, they're not going to be born and grow up knowing, oh, this grayish color might actually be green. Why? Because no one has told them 
what green is or pointed out to them that the difference between gray and green are very different, but that because of how this person's eyes work, they can't necessarily tell the difference. And so what a person believes about color and how they see the world is going to be based on what other information others have given them. All right. Or, you know, maybe something a little sillier with airplanes. You know, if you've, you know, gone through kind of science classes and things like that, you're going to have kind of a functional understanding of how airplanes work, you know, with the jet engines or propellers and how they, you know, suck air through and kind of boost themselves with that. You know, you can have a basic understanding of how airplanes work, but that's not because you've looked at it and said, oh, I understand, you know, propulsion and air flow and, you know, fuel economy or, or engines or whatever. You're going to know how it works based on other experiences you've had that even if you've never specifically learned about airplanes or a particular airplane, based on your experience, you're going to be able to look at a thing flying through the sky and say, okay, there's a science behind it and I can kind of hazard a vague guess on how it works. But if you grow up in some remote village somewhere and you've had no exposure to combustion engines or anything except birds flying, if you look up in the sky and see an airplane, you're going to have one of two thoughts. Either this is a new kind of bird that you're seeing or this man-made creation is fueled by some kind of magic or witchcraft. Now, why would you think that? Because you are looking at something and you are interpreting it based on what you already know and understand about the world. And let's take a little segue here and let's talk about the gospel, because this is why it is so critical for us to understand that people don't just come to a knowledge of truth. They have to be exposed to truth before they can accept it into their lives. And that's why Roman 10:14 says, how then are they to call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? So, you know, Romans 10, 14 is really digging into exactly what I'm talking about there. You know, Paul here is saying that you need a preacher to tell people something so that people can then believe what they have been told about Jesus Christ. But he starts kind of in the reverse order. How are they supposed to call on Jesus Christ if they haven't believed in him? And how are they supposed to believe in Christ if they haven't heard of him? And how are they supposed to hear about him if no one tells them? And that's the same thing with every ounce of truth in our lives. We only believe things because we've been told it. We don't just come to truth naturally. Every little thing that we believe is based on how we interpret or how we've been told to interpret a truth. And so maybe that's a little complicated or you might need some time to kind of chew on that and wrestle with it. But the basic summary of what I'm talking about is that we don't know truth. We only have an interpretation of what's happened. So now let's take that understanding that the news isn't neutral. You know, it has an objective. It has an agenda behind it. Let's take that and let's take the fact that we don't know truth. We only know interpretations and that how we understand reality is based on what we allow in or what we reject. So let's talk about how this plays out in current events that we are seeing and why as Christians we really, really need to understand that what we think is true may not be, and we may actually be causing bigger problems for our witness, our testimony, and even our future as people who want to give the gospel freely. So let's talk about two different things. First, let's talk about COVID, something that at this point I think we're all quite familiar with. Now, you would think that a disease sweeping the world would have no room for argument or debate or interpretation, right? But if you listen, there's certainly plenty of debate around it, but oftentimes the debate falls into one of two camps. Either COVID is the dangerous pandemic that many health experts are saying that it is, or at least the health experts that we see in the news, or it is basically just the flu. And it's not nearly as deadly as people are saying. It might be a little worse than the flu, but certainly not enough to completely change the globe as it has. Now, how do people take the same events, the same science, and come to completely different interpretations? And even within those interpretations, there's different things going on. There's a lot of people saying that, oh, it happened because of, you know, a black market animal trade in uh, Wuhan, China. 
Others say it was manufactured in a lab. There's now something going on that the virus, you know, started elsewhere. There's all kinds of beliefs on how the same event that we are seeing is completely different than what someone else believes. So where is that coming from? Well, if you listen to someone talk about the coronavirus and you really listen to specific words, specific ideas and beliefs that they are saying, what you're often going to be able to do is you can trace where they're getting their news because the things that we often say isn't completely unique to us. We are basically repeating what we've been told from sources that either we trust or sources we turn to because we want to think and be told how to believe certain things. So if you have someone who has a worldview that naturally distrusts the government, then they're immediately going to be suspicious of the things that the government is doing and even the role that the government has played in this event. So where are they going to go for their news? Are they going to go for a news source that is pro-government or something that is kind of mainstream and not even talking about it? Well, no, of course not, because they want to get information from people who are reinforcing what they already want to believe, what they are prone to believing in. But at the same time, if you have someone who highly trusts the government or highly trusts science, then they're going to turn to sources that will reinforce that, you know, the government is doing right and they are combating it. Or you'll turn to sources that say, you know, this is purely science. Here's how we can trace it. Here's how we can understand it. And here's even how we can fight it with science. Now, it could be completely made by the government. It could be completely natural. See, we don't actually know, but we have a belief about it. And that belief isn't just natural to us, but it's based on where we've gone to get our information, who we've allowed into our minds to change and to help shape what we are already believing. And again, that's important because if you go and you consume a lot of media from people who are saying that this is definitely a global pandemic, you're going to walk away with fear that, you know, we really need to buckle down. We need to do what it takes and be really inconvenienced now so that we can secure our future, so that we can have a hope. So, you know, maybe the whole planet isn't wiped out by this pandemic. But if you are going to news sources who downplay it, who say it's not that big a deal, it's overblown, it's, you know, something that the Democrats are trying to use to control people or whatever, then you're going to let your life be affected and your thoughts and everything you say and everything you share on social media, all of that is going to be formed by the place that you're going for your news. Or you can be weird and try to get a healthy dose of both and shrug your shoulders and not know what to think because two different groups are coming away with two very different understandings of what's happening, you know, or another example is the 2020 presidential election, you know, was, the voting fair or was president trump's win stolen by manipulation and shady back dealings and you know people lying and things like that you know which one is true well depending on where you're getting your news from you're going to hear two very different stories it's not that fox news somehow has different information it's not that they're looking at different videos or hearing different facts than someone who leans much more liberal, but instead these two news sources are looking at the exact same events. They are showing and talking about some of the same videos, but they have a different belief. They have a different interpretation of them so that two people can look at the same thing and either focus on something and not another one, or they will purposely not talk about something or ignore facts in order to push a certain agenda. And so, you know, especially as this you know, stop the steal and things like that have have been building up steam with people. I personally, I've been able to look at what people are saying and what they're sharing, and I know where they are turning to interpret the events that are occurring. I know that their beliefs are basically typical of everyone else that shares their worldview, not because their worldview is more correct, but simply because they are getting the interpretations from these same news sources, the same podcasts, the same news stations or websites. They're getting their same information from people who are basically just feeding the system. They are feeding into what people want to believe. And again, it's not because 
the conservative or the liberal news sources are more trustworthy, but simply because we want to believe a certain worldview more. And so we are turning to those who are basically giving us exactly what we want. We are getting people to teach us and tell us what to think because it gives us comfort because we don't have to wrestle with it. All the work is done for us. And so let's kind of sum this up with what do we do about it? You know, if if you're with me so far, if you've listened to this this long and you're saying, okay, I realize that the news source I trust isn't going to give me the truth. They're going to give me an interpretation based on a worldview. What do I do about it? The first thing is, of course, to always approach any piece of information, understanding that where we put our trust is going to affect our interpretation of events. Because the news and even how we speak isn't always about facts. It's about how we interpret it, how we make what we're seeing fit what we already want to believe about the world, about ourselves, or about other people. And if we aren't careful, we need to realize that we, by just turning to a certain news source and saying, okay, here's what's happening, I want to hear what they say. What we're doing is not getting the facts, but we are submitting ourselves to letting others craft our reality for us. We are letting others tell us what has really happened. And now, obviously, this can't be avoided. We can't be there in Washington. We can't be there in Australia or Russia to see these things and to take them in for ourselves. We have to rely on other people essentially doing the work for us, telling us that an event is important. But what we can do is try to care not about how something fits our political beliefs, but instead how we can use biblical wisdom to try to get a good understanding of what's happening here. And so how do we do that? How do we get facts from interpretations? How do we use wisdom to not just let other people tell us what to think and what to believe and how to interpret it, but instead to listen and be able to reject the interpretation and still find the facts contained within so that we can try to interpret it for ourselves, not using our political belief system, but our biblical worldview to get an understanding of what's happening. One thing I'd recommend is to always look at both sides and see how everyone is interpreting what's happening. First of all, if you do that, be skeptical. Don't say, okay, I'm going to listen to you know Fox News, but I'm not going to believe it. I'm just going to hear what they're saying and hear the nonsense they're spewing. You know, Because if you approach it with that, then you're basically just doing what you've always been doing, except that you're now creating a further barrier between what a different belief system or a different worldview is saying about an event. But instead, approach all sides with skepticism, understanding that every piece of news, every article you read, every word spoken is coming from a worldview. And especially when you get beyond personal opinions, you know, of maybe personal blogs or what people are talking about with you, you know, it, the higher up and the bigger a news source gets, the more that it's important that we realize that they have an agenda. They have a certain reality that they are expected to put forth. And again, it's not some malicious thing. It's not because they're evil. It's simply because they are a business. They need to look at their bottom line. And if their bottom line would be negatively affected by them giving too much credit to one side or not being divisive or, or painting the other side negatively, if that would hurt their money, if that would hurt their investors or make them lose views or send people elsewhere, then you better believe they're going to be combative. They're going to paint one side as evil or really boost up people on their own side and try to downplay maybe some bad things that should be talked about because that's just the news. The news is an entertainment industry above all else. You know, so but once we've kind of approached it with skepticism, we need to go to the opposite direction and we need to approach both sides with understanding. We need to realize that one side isn't more evil than the other. I mean, we're all plenty evil. We are all enemies of God. And ultimately looking out for ourselves, you know, but at the same time, we need to understand that everybody wants truth. Everyone wants to find what is really happening. They want to understand it in an accurate way and in a way that allows them to act and believe in a way that hopefully ultimately ends with things being better, with things being fair and with the world not being negatively impacted by how we respond and how we react. You know, everyone wants that. We all just have different ways that we believe that's going to happen. We have different steps we need to, we think need to be taken. We have different goals that we have in how we respond. 
you know, because we all fight for what we think is best, but we all have different ways of believing it. And ultimately, all of our ways of thinking about things and all our goals are going to be flawed. And we need to realize that, that just because, you know, I'm a conservative Republican doesn't mean that my goals are always going to be correct and always going to be best. Now, of course, I want to believe that I'm thinking correctly, right? You know, I don't want to say, oh, you know, here's how we need to handle this COVID thing because I want the world to burn for it. No, how I believe things need to be handled is going to be based on what I view as the best possible outcome. As a human being, I want the best possible outcome for the world. And as a Christian, I want the best possible outcome for God's glory. But ultimately, none of us are going to have the perfect answer because we're all flawed. We are all very limited in our understanding and in our intellect and in our wisdom. So if we are approaching it from both sides and seeing how both sides are interpreting the same event, you know, be skeptical. But again, be understanding that what they're saying isn't to be evil. They're, what they're saying is because they truly believe that it's right, that it's good, and that it's worth embracing this way of believing. Ultimately, when we see these different angles, when we see these different interpretations, then we're going to get a bigger picture of what's happening. You know, a very specific example is what happened at the Capitol recently. You know, I've seen videos of uh, pro-Trump protesters who were standing kind of behind the more violent crowd, and they were actually denouncing them. They were saying, these people aren't with us. This isn't what we stand for. You know, I think one guy was even saying, you know, respect the police and, and things like that. I mean, they were they were immediately denouncing the words and the anger and the, for lack of a better word, the negative energy that was fueling what these people were doing. But if you listen to news sources who would agree with those words and who would share that video, they're saying, oh, well, see, clearly this crowd wasn't true Trump supporters. They weren't true Republicans or conservatives. They were planted by the other side. They were put there by the enemy to make us look bad. But then as more and more news comes out, and if you are looking at what uh, more liberal or democratic news sources are saying, they're showing that these people who have been arrested for somewhat hilariously not wearing masks in the best way that they could wear masks if they're going to break the law. But, you know, you have all these people who are running around in the Capitol, destroying property, beating a police officer to death. I mean, these people did this without masks. They're being identified and they're being arrested. And as more info comes to light, we're seeing that, no, these people have a history of violent and extreme views that match with a very bad side of being a conservative. So what do we do with that? How do we see that conservatives were basically denouncing people, but conservatives are the ones who led to the death of several people? You know, which side is right? Well, ultimately we see, you know, and I'll talk about this more, but ultimately we see that it's not that one side is right, but both sides give us a bigger picture of what truly happened. And if we don't just take a side, if we don't just join with our tribe, we're going to have a wiser and fuller understanding that is going to be much closer to the truth instead of just much closer to a political interpretation. And that's my next point, is that not only is it important to view both sides and weigh what both sides are saying— but we need to avoid tribalism. We need to avoid just locking in and saying, oh, you know, the right wing is always right or the left wing is always right, which isn't as clever as it could be, but I'm sure there's a way to spin it. You know, we need to realize that our preferred party, our preferred worldly belief system is always based on that. It's based on the world. It's based on human wisdom, not godly wisdom, because God in Jesus Christ they aren't Republicans. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead us towards Republican or being Democrat. You know, there is no conservative or liberal within the Trinity. Now, yes, one side, I believe, is going to be more reflective of what God desires and what brings him glory and what ultimately fights for, I guess, a world that is more in line with the things of Christ. But there isn't one side that is outright pro-Christ, and there's not one side that's outright anti-God. You know, even if, you know, a more liberal belief system tends to be atheistic or anti-God, that doesn't actually make them less likely to fight for things that, you know, God agrees with than a conservative side that, you know, often leans very heavily into, you know, Christian beliefs. And I say that not because, again, 
truth is relative and things like that. And everyone has something to say and everyone matters. But because ultimately, even you know, the conservative side, while spouting Christian beliefs, are filled with people who don't truly believe. It's filled with loads of false converts. And these are people who we are trusting to you know, represent Christ when they are still an enemy of God. You know, so that's what we need to realize is that, yes, one side, you know, I personally believe is much more reflective of Christian values, but it's led and it's fought for and it's invested in by people who are not for God. They are for maybe the moral things of God. They are invested for ways that they believe that Christian values kind of line up with what they were raised to believe or what they want to believe. But ultimately, neither side is likely to be doing things for the glory of God. They're doing it for the glory of themselves, for their political party, or just to feel like the other side is worse than them. So that was my second point, is to just avoid tribalism, avoid just locking in and saying, because my side said it, it is right, or because the other side said it, it's clearly wrong or not to be believed. Value truth, value balance, value God's glory over the glory of our political party. You know, as a kind of side point to that, or maybe point number three is, again, we need to value truth, not what we want to be true. And I say that because I think it was a month or so ago, or I guess it was a few months ago, I had warned that whatever happened with the presidential election, there was going to be tons of claims of conspiracy and you know backdoor shady dealings and things like that. Whatever side won, the, for lack of a better term, the losing side was going to have plenty of accusations. And what's happened? Well, Republicans lost. And so Republicans are filled with beliefs that it was stolen. It was wrong. It was done in a way that wasn't fair and true. Now, is that possible? Absolutely. But most people don't believe that because they've weighed the evidence for themselves. They've immediately said, we lost. That's not fair. Where can I turn that's going to justify, it's going to reinforce my belief that it's not fair. Again, people are taking a reality they want and turning to people who will feed their current beliefs. And I'll link it down below, but I've got several articles that I've written about the whole idea of conspiracy theories, why they do not bring glory to God, and why especially the QAnon conspiracy theories are very easy for Christians to fall for, more than maybe any other in history. But um, ultimately, you know, so we are, we realize that we are contributing to our reality by trying to be balanced and view both sides, viewing them with skepticism, but also with understanding, knowing that people are fighting for what they think is true and right and good, and trying to view all news from both sides with the same weight, with the same balance. We are avoiding tribalism and saying that because my side said it, it has more value, or because the other side said it, it has less value. We are ultimately valuing truth and not just focusing on what we want to be true, but being willing to be wrong, being willing to give credit to the other side. But the biggest thing that I think we need to do if we want to view the current world events through biblical worldview, but also just be able to exist in this world is that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, need to remember the gospel and what we're truly called to in this life. Because we're not called to a good life. We're not called to being comfortable. We're called to preach and practice the gospel every day of our lives, remembering that we are aliens. We are foreigners in this land. We may be American citizens, but we are citizens of heaven first and foremost. And so we need to realize that when we are taking political sides, not just because we're fighting for truth, but because we are fighting our friends and our family and our neighbors and whomever, when we are dividing over politics and driving a wedge and you know, not just telling people they're wrong and not, you know, lovingly debating them, but but genuinely creating a rift and being offensive so much so that people are turned off from us, then we're not focusing on what we're called to. We're, we're focusing on our citizenship as Americans, not as citizens of the kingdom of God. You know, and so division, ultimately, when it when it boils down to us pushing others away, slamming the door in their faces, saying, if you don't agree with me, if you don't like it, then just unfriend me. When we make our politics that important, and again, especially when we understand what our politics are coming from, that they aren't perfect, then we slam the door not just on people agreeing with us and hearing what we have to say about politics. We're slamming the door on them hearing what we have to say about what truly matters, and that's the gospel. It's about their 
sin and their guilt before God and their absolute need for Jesus Christ above all else. You know, I mean, consider what Proverbs 18 verses 17 through 19 say. The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. So again, that's what we talked about already, right? That something seems right when we first hear it, but then when we listen to the other side and we listen to them accurately and fairly, we start to question how right that first source was. And then the next verse says, The cast lot puts an end to strife and decides between the mighty ones. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a citadel. Now really think about that and really focus on it and consider what that means for us as followers of Christ. A brother offended. In other words, that's not talking about someone who, you know, we tell them that lying is wrong or their affair displeases God. And so they're offended. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying that a brother who we have pushed away, we have shut the door on for ultimately something silly or meaningless in light of the gospel and in light of eternity. A brother, a In other words, a friend, a human being that we have offended, it's harder to win them towards truth, towards the gospel, to Jesus Christ, than taking over a strong city. It says that contentions, in other words, divisions, fightings, driving a wedge unnecessarily are like the bars of a citadel. In other words, we wall people off so much that there's almost no bridging the gap. Now, obviously, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, he's going to be able to make up for any bad mistakes we make, right? Like someone's eternal destiny isn't up to our ability to be clever or convincing. But if we are trying to be good servants of Christ, if we are truly citizens of heaven, then we don't want to stand in the way of the gospel. We don't want people to hate Christ because of us. They need to hate Christ because he's Christ, because he stands for truth, because he tells what sin is and why, no matter how good they are, no matter what their intentions are or how hard they try, they cannot get to heaven except through him. That is why people should hate us. That should be the wedge that we allow to divide us, because Christ tells us that he came to divide families. You know, and I have an article, and maybe I should even do a podcast episode, that is called Let Christ Be Offensive, Not You. And the whole point of that article is saying that we as people think that if people hate us and we're Christians, that they're hating us because we're Christians. But that's wrong, and we are seeing that on full display right now in the political world. People very rarely are hating Christians because they are standing up for Christ and calling out sin. They hate Christians because they are fighting desperately and offensively for a certain political party. They are putting up that wall. They are setting up those bars that push people away from us, not because we've given them the gospel, but in spite of our desire to give them the gospel, we've pushed them away. And I'm probably going to talk about this more in a future episode, but ultimately what happens when we do this and what I genuinely believe is going to happen in the future is that we as Christians are going to face persecution. I think we're going to be censored and monitored and tracked and possibly even imprisoned, but it's not going to be because of what we say about the sin in the world and everyone's need for Jesus Christ as their Savior, for their need to repent and to stop loving sin, but instead to love the only one who can save them. Instead, we're going to be persecuted and maybe even killed because we are saying that to be specifically to be Republican or to be conservative is to be Christian, that Christ stands for this political party. And when we do that, if we keep it up and if, you know, this this wedge keeps being driven and if events keep rolling in the way that they seem to be rolling, what I think is very likely to happen is that as people are being censored for extremist views, as more violence breaks out and it gets attributed to conservative beliefs, if we are saying that we are Christians and so we, we support these people, we won't denounce their actions— If we are so focused on making sure that our political party is right, then we are going to get rolled into the same lump as these people who, like I said, have beat a police officer to death, who broke the law, who, if they weren't stopped, may have caused even more casualties. And so what's going to happen? They're going to say, oh, well, Christianity is extreme. It's violent. It's a terrorist organization. Now, that seems insane right now with how embedded Christianity is in the world. 
But if we continue to put our allegiance in the wrong spot, if we continue to say, I am a citizen of America, and so I'm going to stand firm and be unmovable for the truth of my political party, and also I'm a Christian and Christ must believe this too because I do, then we're not going to lose respect. We're not going to be persecuted because of Jesus Christ, but because of our beliefs and how we have tried to force Christ into them. And that distinction is, I truly believe, so critical and so lacking in much of the church today. You know, we think that we are Christians who need to force Christ into our belief system, into our politics. But instead, think about what we're truly called to do. Think about how Paul describes himself in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 and 21. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So if we just very quickly deconstruct what Paul is saying here, he's saying that we as believers in verse 21, we are saved through the blood of Christ. Christ took on our sin. He told God to look at him and to punish him as though he had committed every angry word, lustful thought, theft, disobedience to parents. Christ said, hey, I did all those things. Punish me and not them. And why did he do that? So that in exchange, God could look at us as though we were as righteous as Jesus Christ truly was. You know, Christ became sin so that we could become sinless. But why? What should we do about that? Well, we need to realize that in, in doing that, in that moment that Christ saved us, when we called on him for salvation, when we repented of all that sin that we thought would bring us life and happiness, we became, as Paul said, ambassadors for Christ. We live, we speak, we exist as though we are representing the words and beliefs and desires of God himself. You know, Galatians 2.20 talks about how it's not us who lives, it's Christ who lives in us. And so when we are having our discussions or debates, when we're sharing things on social media, when we are turning to the news or websites or whatever and focusing on those things, what we need to ask ourselves is, are we truly living out the righteousness of God in us? Are the things we're saying, are the things we're believing truly representative as though we were speaking on behalf of God? Are we being good ambassadors? Because think about that. You know, an ambassador is a political role. It's someone who goes to a foreign country where they don't belong, where they are not citizens. They go to represent their leader, their king, their president. They are reflections of their country. And what they do, what they say, isn't meant to be about them and their own beliefs. Instead, they are meant to simply be messengers. They are to be reflections of someone and something higher than them. And as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, that is us. We are not our own. We are not ourselves. We are not Americans or Republicans or Democrats. We are representatives, ambassadors, reflections of Jesus Christ. And so as we are turning to the world for truth, as we are letting news sources tell us what to believe, as we are talking about the events with others and accusing one side of this or that or excusing our own side for this or that, we need to ask ourselves, am I trying to be a good member of my political party or am I trying to be a good and fair and accurate representation of Jesus Christ? And sometimes those things can work hand in hand, but a lot of times we're going to find ourselves facing a point where we have to say, I want to stand with my political party, but I want to stand with Jesus Christ even more than that. And so at the expense of the respect of people in my party, my friends, my family, whatever, I'm going to stand for Christ above all else. So in conclusion, I hope it's clear that this episode was not about taking sides or saying what you should think about certain events that have happened. Ultimately, I hope that you've just heard a call for wisdom. I want to remind everyone listening, if you've lasted this long, that the kind of guiding verse for Onward in the Faith is Colossians 1.28, which says, We proclaim him, admonishing every person and teaching every person with all wisdom, so that we may present every person complete in Christ. 
If you've been here for a while, you know that my greatest desire is to use this opportunity that God has given me, this unique teaching position that I have where I can talk to people all around the world and just try to push you in the direction of Jesus Christ and help you love the Bible and love a biblical worldview. I hope you know that you know I don't take this opportunity for granted and that my greatest desire isn't for you to listen to me or think I'm smart or I'm clever or even that I'm right. My greatest desire is that through the things I say and how God uses them in your life, that I am playing a very small part in doing what Paul said here, in, in presenting you as complete or mature in Jesus Christ. You know, because I don't want you to be stuck in your spiritual walk because you're focusing on the wrong things or maybe, you know, living life, maybe even unaware that what we think is true is oftentimes an interpretation. You know, so I hope that at the end of this episode, when everything is concluded, your desire isn't to fight for one political party, but ultimately to submit yourself to Jesus Christ, to be a good ambassador of him above all else. And as an ambassador, my prayer as I am you know, going to be editing and releasing this episode in future episodes, my greatest prayer, and I hope you will join me in that prayer, is that people who hear this, people who want to bring God glory above all else, will just take a moment to pause and think and really consider, am I standing for Christ? Am I being an ambassador? Can people hear what I say? And even if it's offensive, even if they hate me for it, are people hearing Christ through the things I'm saying, or are they hearing my political affiliation? You know, am I truly desiring to make a hard and clear line between the two? So as I wrap this up, you know, if you're hearing this, all I can encourage you to do and ask is that you'll just take a step back and make sure that at the end of the day, your highest goal is to bring God glory, completely separate from your political beliefs or what you think is happening in the world. All I can ask is that you want God to be made big, even if it means that you have to be smaller because of it. So remember to bring God glory in how you speak and live. Remember to bring him glory in how you think and even try to bring him glory in whether or not you allow the news to do your thinking for you. So that's the end of this episode. The future episodes are going to be a bit more specific. I will be talking about the A woman prayer that you may have heard about in Congress. I'll be talking a bit more about the Capitol protests, about social media, especially Twitter and I believe Facebook banning President Trump. And who knows, whatever may happen in the coming days between recording this and releasing these episodes, there may be more to talk about. But always remember that if you aren't sure about something I referenced, I will have everything down in the show notes, uh, scripture I've used, articles or podcast episodes I've talked about. I will have links or titles down there. If you would like to support Onward in the Faith, you can visit a link to patreon.com slash onward in the faith. And there you can basically just pledge to support this ministry at whatever dollar amount God may lead you to. At the end of all this, I hope if nothing else, this episode helps you keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ.